Judge not that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Keep your Bibles open. Let the keys go out. Well, let me add my welcome to you. My name's Rob. Uh, It's great to see you here. And uh, you've joined on the good week. Uh, Trust that there's going to be something here this evening that challenges you, that God speaks to you. And uh, uh, you'll see, actually, that we're in chapter 7. So we've gone through chapter 5 and chapter 6, which you can find those talks on the website. Um, Why don't I pray, and then we'll start. Father God, would you, in your words, show us ourselves rightly, teach us to see ourselves rightly, that we may also see others rightly and be able to help them. Amen. Well, uh, as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus has actually been making it pretty clear that any kind of self-inflated righteousness about myself, it gets people nowhere. Um, So he said this, he says, you will surely not enter the kingdom of heaven. But God does make brand new people. He saves them and he changes them. And so what Jesus is giving here is a blueprint of this new life he brings when he saves. Mike described it as brand new people. That's what we've got to be thinking. This is what Jesus is describing here. And I'm sure as we've been going through this, uh, if you're anything like me, we've been thinking, well, there's no way I can live like this. And that's why Jesus has been teaching us about prayer. So in all of the things we've been hearing, he's taught us to ask. And even in the passage tonight, you'll see that in verse 7, after we hear what we hear tonight, Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. So he intersperses it between saying something that we can't really do ourselves, and then saying, why don't you ask that God would do this in you? Um, so we've got to keep that in mind as we hear this challenging thing tonight. Um, right, here we go. This is it, verse 1. Verse 1. The first two verses. And uh, let, me, let me put a cha- challenge. I reckon this is probably the most misquoted verse in the Bible in our time, okay? So I'm, I would have a bet that most of the people here have heard this verse from lots of different people, whether they're Christians, whether they're not, whether they're talking to Christians, whether they're talking about Christians, whether they're... I'm sure you've heard this verse, judge not. Um, do not judge. And actually, it's, it's not surprising, isn't it, that it's the verse of our time. 
because uh, it's the sentiment of our time, isn't it? Uh, don't judge. Well, surely that means you keep doing what you're doing and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. That's what do not judge means, is it? Well, that's what people use it to say, isn't it? And ironically, it's used against Christians, isn't it? And about them holding any view that conflicts with other people. They're not allowed to say anything's wrong. Do not judge. Is that what Jesus is saying in verse 1? Well, actually, I want to say now that he does not say that. He does not mean that. And uh, we'll see why. He, in, if you look, just read a bit further down in our passage today, in verse 2, you'll hear Jesus talk about the final judgment. So Jesus believes in the judgment. Um, in verse 3 and to 5, you'll hear Jesus give an a instruction on how to remove sin, the sin of others. So Jesus intends that it would be dealt with. And then in the last verse we've got here, verse 6, Jesus is going to say um, that you need to discern between people and, and you need to know whether they're dogs or pigs. So there's a discernment there. That would, none of that would be possible, would it, if what Jesus was saying is don't make any distinction between people. It just wouldn't be possible. If verse 1 meant don't make any distinctions... Verse 6 would directly contradict it. So Jesus does not mean don't make any distinctions, don't hold any belief that, distinct, that says things are wrong. That's not what do not judge means. But having said all that, Jesus is putting his finger on something that all of us have, and it's a condemning spirit. So judge not is a condemning spirit. Us wanting us not just seeing something is wrong in the behaviour of another Christian, but actually judging them for it in our hearts. And actually, there's a big difference, isn't there? It's what uh, one, one Bible writer said is being hypercritical. So not just noticing faults, but going looking for them <laughs> in other people. And when you, when you notice them, well, great. You know, and then making a big deal of it and, and really delighting in p- pointing them out. That's being hypercritical. And, and maybe you found yourself doing this when you've been speaking about someone doing something that actually is, is so far removed from you, it doesn't really even concern you. And yet you found yourself giving your lengthy opinion on what they should do or what they've, what they've done. And saying, it doesn't even affect you, you're not going to speak to that person. Um, we so quickly condemn people, don't we? And so, for the Christian, Jesus says, this, is, this should not be so. He says that, don't judge. And actually, he's going to show us two scenarios, uh, two pictures, to help us to get us to see it rightly. And when brought to God in prayer, together, these pictures remove the harshness and re- can replace it with a helpful spirit, one that wants to help and can help and when we notice the, the, the mistakes of others, the, the things that they might not notice themselves and so the first one here is on your sheet, uh, the first scenario is the scales 
And it's there in verses 1 and 2. And this is the first picture. I'll read it. It says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. First, Jesus takes what we see as small, a small thing, and, and it's our judgment of others. And he shows it's actually much bigger. And he does that by turning our condemnation around onto us. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And he does that so that we desire mercy. So that it creates a desire in us for mercy. Because if we're thinking it's for them, it doesn't really matter, does it? But actually, if it's for us, it hugely matters. And Jesus says this, picture the scales you're using to weigh the action of, of someone else. And then imagine yourself having to step onto those scales. And not just now, but on the day when you stand before God. Imagine having to, you having to step onto the same scales that you're using to weigh the actions of others. On the day when you meet God. And actually for a Christian, it's a sobering thought, isn't it? Because we, a Christian is someone who has come to know the fear of the Lord. And knows how holy God is. And how all-seeing, how mighty he is. And so, actually, this can only be a word for believers because they're the ones who know what it is to fear the Lord. And actually, um, for them, this will be a sobering thought, and it should be. If God was to hold me to account for the thing that I am expecting of them, what would that mean for me? So the first picture Jesus gives us is the scales. And these are, these are steps Jesus is saying, hey, we'll get to the, what you're going to do or what you're going to say later. But first of all, have this picture. When you're thinking that thought, and oh, I really want to, I really don't know what they've done. First thought, the scales. Me stepping onto the same scales that I'm using to weigh their actions and what that would mean for me if I was to stand before God. And one Bible writer said this, he says, It's a very surprising and alarming thought. There is nothing I know of that is so likely to deter us from the sinful practice of condemning others and from that foul and ugly spirit that delights in doing so. The scales. The second picture uh, Jesus gives us is the one that Hannah was talking about. Um, And it's the speck. And it's there in verses 3 to 5. Let me read. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And the point is this, you simply cannot be of help if you have a log in your own eye. You cannot be of help, any use to your brother or sister in what you're about to say to them if you haven't first seen the log in your own eye. Um, next, so this, this is the next picture, the spec. Is there a picture? Yeah. 
Jesus takes the thing we see as big, which is the speck, and he shows us really how small it is, very small it is. He pictures it as a speck in the eye. And if you, you can ask Hannah to see her splinter. On Monday she got a splinter, and it's still there. We were very unsuccessful in trying to remove the splinter. It's tiny. You might not even be able to see it. And it's got to be pretty small, hasn't it, to fit in the eye. And actually, it's, it's a great... Jesus is saying the thing that we see as big is actually really, really small. We actually have the most amazing ability of spotting even the slightest fault in each other, don't we? Like, we're pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at that. And I'll tell you some stories in a minute because there are example after example after example of where I've... Oh, yep, I've noticed that, I've noticed that, I've noticed that. We're, we're, we're amazing at doing that. But then there's the log. And the logs are big, aren't they? Like, really big. And yet we have the most amazing ability of not spotting the largest of sins. And the one that should be most obvious in this scenario is actually condemning a brother. Jesus says, that's, that's a big thing. And yet we're, we're unable to see that. And um, Jesus uses humour. Jesus is funny. He uses humour to full effect. Imagine this guy trying to be, you know, he's, an opt- he's, he's saying, thinking he's an optician, right? And yet he's got this plank in his eye. Now let me help you with that. And the plank's whacking the guy over the head. And, you know, it's ludicrous, isn't it? He, Jesus uses humour and then he asks a really searching question in verse 3. He says this. He says to us, why do you see that in reference to the speck? But do not notice this. So why do you notice that? But do not notice this. And that's a really searching question. And verse 4 says we'll assume that we're helping the person by pointing out. Verse 4 says, how can you say to your brother, let me, me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? Here, let me take that out for you. Well, I think this is, you know, when we jump in and we think, okay, well, obviously I'm going to fix this situation. This person has no awareness that they're doing this thing. And yet I'm going to be the person who lets them know. And that's, and, and, and coming in like a bullet in a china shop, that's going to be the way this is going to be resolved. And Jesus says, if you do that straight, straight off the bat, you've, you've, you've got it wrong. You're not going to be of any help to them at all. Um, and he shows us what we need to do. So he says in verse 5, he says, first, what, what are we to do? Take the log out of our own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So maybe you've never had as many uh, embarrassing situations as me. But um, have you ever tried to dish out advice uh, only to realise that you're the one who's got it wrong? So, for example, you turn up to a new venue for an event. Nice and early, so you stand by the doors. And... As people start to arrive, you sort of think, well, I don't recognise you, and I don't recognise you, and I don't... Re-. 
And you, you begin advising them, you, you've got the wrong place. You've got the wrong place. It must be somewhere else. And actually, a few pe- it would take probably four or five people to come along. Uh, if you're me, it would take ten. Um, before you then start to think, maybe I should check my ticket. <laughs> maybe I'm not on the right... Oh yes, I'm in the wrong place. You see... It's, it's hugely embarrassing in that situation, and I hope I never see those pers- people again. <laughs> but it makes the point, doesn't it, that I assume I'm in a position to help, when really I'm not. And that's what Jesus is saying. To, to, to not first come to him, to ask him so that you would see yourself rightly, and see the, see the problem that you've got with your brother. You're not in a position to help him at all. It's quite challenging, isn't it? And Jesus' bottom line is this. Until I imagine the scales and then look for the log, I I won't be able to help them at all. He doesn't call for inaction because he says take the speck out of their eye at the end. But he does call for self-reflection. And to come to him to pray. Uh, he says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So in summary then, if you want to help your brother or sister, you first need to see two things clearly. You first need to see the scales. Imagine take, stepping out onto that state of scales. And God using the same measure of the judgment you're bringing but measuring it on you imagine that and that will get you desiring God's mercy and then secondly see that your condemning attitude is like that log it's far bigger than their sin and in prayer ask God to remove that from your heart that you would be more understanding and gentle in dealing with them because I think if after all that you're how will you approach that person? Well, much, with much more gentleness and understanding in the way that you communicate with them. Um, and so what can we learn from this today? Um, let's have a look. Maybe you're not a Christian here, uh, but you're taking a look in. And actually, it could be that you've heard lots of people say that Christians are the judgmental ones. And, well, the world is much more accommodating. Anything goes. And yet, you start to sort of look a bit more deeply and you see that the popular shows on TV, they're ones where people are really judgmental about each other, aren't they? You know, you don't look the right part, you don't do this. And that's the reason why we watch them, because we love to judge. And people talk about it and chat and they judge the people on the TV shows and it's just a... It's everywhere. And then you look at the newspapers and you think, how are people treating Meghan uh, in the royal family? What attitude do they have towards her? How do they express that? Well, you start to see that the condemning spirit is alive and well. And what, but what Jesus says is the only thing that's going to change any of that may surprise you. He says we need a big picture view of the day of judgment, of his judgment. But that will actually change. 
the way that we condemn others. He says we need a big picture view of his judgment on the day when we stand before him. Without it, we'll assume we're the ones in the know and able to hold, up, hold everyone else to a standard. And yet we'll be blind to the fact that we need, we're going to be held to that standard. The only way to God is in humility, knowing that we deserve his judgment, but desiring his mercy. Why don't you do that tonight? Why don't you come to him, knowing that you deserve his judgment, desiring his mercy for you? Perhaps you've been to church before and um, you've always considered yourself to be a good person. Well, take, take the warning of Jesus here. Because the surest way of being blind to your own sin is to compare yourself to others. And if, if you honestly realise that your sense of your own goodness is defined by being better than other people and not on the perfect, perfect standard of God, then chances are you need him to open your eyes because you're blind. There's a blindness where you can't see your own sin, but you can see that you're better than other people. Um, don't stay proud, but come to him humbly today and ask him to forgive you. But what if you're a Christian here? Well, you're no doubt aware of the condemning thoughts that go on. And I put some questions at the bottom of this um, that you might like to just go away and have a think about and have a pray through. I think I said, what is my usual response to when others get it wrong? And I've suggested that there might be two, two things that you notice. You might be someone who's, well, I'm going to tell them they've got it wrong. Or you might be someone who's much more of a slow burner and you sort of, you know, re- you're really quite as angry about it and you're chewing it over in your mind but you haven't told anyone you would never do that. Notice, Jesus says don't do either of those things. Don't jump in without first speaking to God about it. But also don't leave it because you're meant to help your brother or sister. And so I've asked those questions to get us to think through how would my usual reaction be? Would it be the, all right, I'm going to tell you now, here and now, jump in? Or would it be the, I'm, I'm just never going to do anything about it? Um, so it might be helpful for us to think that through. And try to think of a, a real-life example. That would help you, I'm sure. Um, and we can seek him first. Seek God. Asking him to first help us to see ourselves right. And confess to him when he re- whatever he reveals to us. And then we will have an unobstructed view and be of use to others. Uh, let me stop there. I'll give you uh, a minute to pray. Father God, we've been challenged by your words. Um, and challenged that you say that to condemn is not an option for your children. And yet we are so quick to condemn. And Lord, we need your work in us, your mercy at work in us to desire mercy um, in the way that we respond. Would you help us to first come to you, uh, to be honest with you, and to ask you to show us our sin? 
And Lord, would you uh, help us to be those who would be gentle as we approach each other and in what we say. Amen. Amen.